Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one seminal page of Talmud each day. And in today's pages, Kedushin 56 and 57, we come across some pretty foundational stuff. Have a listen. The Gemara answers, this sage does not interpret the word et as a means to derive new halachot. He considers the word et to be an ordinary part of the sentence structure and not a sort for exegetical exposition. Exegetical exposition, by the way, is a great name for a band. As it is taught in a baraita, Shimon Ha'amsuni, and some say that it was Nechamia Ha'amsuni, would interpret all occurrences of the word et in the Torah, deriving additional halachot with regard to the particular subject matter. Once he reached a verse, you shall fear the Lord your God, Deuteronomy 6.13, which is written with the added word et, he withdrew from this method of exposition, as whose fear could be an extension of the fear of God. His students said to him, Our teacher, what will be with all the occurrences of the word et that you interpreted until now? He said to them, Just as I received reward for the exposition, so I received reward for my withdrawal from using this method of exposition. The word et in this verse was not explained until Rabbi Akiva came and expounded, You shall fear the Lord your God. The word et serves to include Torah scholars, i.e. that one is commanded to fear them, just as one fears God. In any event, Shimon Sunni no longer derived additional halachot from the word et. Now look, if you are a child of the 90s like myself, and you grew up watching Bill Clinton on TV arguing about, you know, what the meaning of the word is, is, this kind of may strike you as a little bit too semantic, too in the weeds, too much ado about one small word. But it contains great mysteries and secrets. And for that, we turn to the only person really who can unlock the mysteries for us, our great teacher and great friend, Rabbi David Beshevkin, how are you, my friend? Leah, what an absolute joy. And my question is, when are we actually starting our band, Exegetical Exposition? That would really... I think I'm ready to go on tour with that name. I, th- I, think, I think the t-shirts are already being printed as we speak. That is fantastic news. This is a foundational passage and story in the Talmud where a rabbi is interpreting every single time the word S, which is like, as you mentioned, the word is. It's like a throwaway term. It's probably even more extraneous. And he comes to one, and he's like, I don't know what to do with this one. So he stops interpreting it. And then, and the Talmud says, Keshem shekibalti schar al hadrisha, in Hebrew, just as I received schar, just as you received schar for merit, just as you received reward for the interpretation, you also received reward for your withdrawal, for your silence, for not trying to do something. And that's the moment where Rabbi Akiva comes, and he gives like kind of like a layup interpretation and just says, oh, that S that you were missing, that includes Torah scholars, which is like he got every other S in the Torah. He understood what every other single one did except one, and he couldn't come up with what seems to be like a fairly easy layup explanation. I don't know, include Torah scholars in the verse of S that we have to honor God, and that includes the sages who teach us Torah. And I'm like, what, 
Why couldn't he have come up with that earlier? And I think in this passage, we find something very beautiful where he was unable to come up with that original interpretation. He was unable to figure out what that final S in the verse, S Hashem Elokecha Tira, you need to fear God, until he witnessed a Torah scholar do something incredible. A Torah scholar who was so honest and so humble that he had a theory, he had an idea, an interpretive idea that he wove through the entire Torah until he came to one verse and said, you know what, it doesn't really work out here. I don't really see how it applies here. And he stopped and said, you know what, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I wasn't correct. Maybe I don't have an answer in this space. And it was that very withdrawal that actually inspired and propelled Rebbe Akiva to say, now I understand the depth and the humbleness and the decency that is required to find spiritual meaning in life. Because what inspired him, what inspired him was somebody having the humbleness and decency to have the the discipline to say, you know what, just because I have a good idea, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily correct. It doesn't mean that, oh, th- th- this would have been a great bit if I could weave it all the way through. He came to a place where he said, you know what, I don't know that I could find meaning here, so I need to back away. I need to have the humbleness and almost the silence in the interpretive act to say, you know what, I cannot reach this place. And that's where he saw the creativity and the power of Torah interpretations and Torah scholarship, the grand tradition of Torah education that we have unfolding in each generation, is that the rabbis are not just building meaning because it's cute. Torah is not finding meaning because it's like, oh, that's like a sweet little cute idea that you can do. It takes a seriousness, a discipline, and a willingness to even abandon an idea because you don't find it compelling, you don't find it real, not because it's convenient, not because it's easy, but because it's true and it's real. And when he saw that commitment, when he saw that dedication, he said, wow, when we talk about God, it's not just God, but it's the people who bring and interpret divinity in this world who are able to emulate God himself. And when after he witnessed this interpretive act stopping at one S and the willingness to walk away from an idea just because he couldn't find the meaning there, that was the very incident. It was the very idea that inspired him to say, you know what, that final S, I can find the meaning there to, because our tradition of Torah interpretation is actually the greatest embodiment and emulation of the divine, finding meaning in all places and a willingness to even admit that I don't have the meaning yet. And that discipline is what inspired him to find meaning in that very one place where the original rabbi could not find it. Oh, Hashem, Rabbi David Bashevkin, thank you as ever for this beautiful beautiful, beautiful gift. My absolute pleasure.
this has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you're really going to love the book I wrote. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book, and it's coming out in just a few short weeks. You could pre-order it now at your local bookstores directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is a smile. Once you've pre-ordered the book, take a picture of your receipt, just a snap on your phone would do, and follow the instructions at tabletm.ag slash pre-order. That's tabletmlikemary.ag slash pre-order. Then you will be invited to an exclusive star-studded virtual book launch event and get all sorts of other pleasant surprises. As always, please go and rate and review. Take one on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You could get your Take One t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com and you could subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Rusquet, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scarmucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little more Talmudic. <laughs>